So as the episode title promises, we are going to dive into a case study that will give you an exact example of a creative way to get from nothing to generating thousands of dollars per month. I will show you how you can make some money on the front end of your funnel or cover your ad spend if you're running ads and also increase your conversion rate to your higher priced product or service. This is because you're going to get customers in your door and you're going to blow them away with your expertise and value. This example is going to break down how we added a low priced offer to a sales funnel, sometimes referred to as a tripwire, leading to a higher ticket course. But regardless of the type of business you own, this will definitely give you some inspiration and actionable ideas. So don't tune out even if you don't sell online education products. There's plenty of stuff for you here. This is a really good episode, and I am going to give you all the details of the exact funnel we have in place today that generates between five and $7,000 per month with no ads. This is all organic content marketing, and we launched this funnel just five months ago. Now, I'm going to warn you, this is a longer episode, and I am going to get super detailed and break down the exact funnel before we added the lower-priced offer so that you can see how the change made a difference. But don't skip till the end because this whole episode will give you a plan of action to replicate this type of content marketing strategy in your own business. This is actually one of those episodes where I almost didn't record it because I thought, ugh, this is too valuable and way too specific to be giving away for free. But I learned something from Amy Porterfield, and that's when you feel that knot in your stomach just before releasing something because it's just too valuable, you better go ahead and do it. So let's do this. You're listening to the Digital Brand Envy Podcast, where we believe creating an impactful customer journey is the biggest opportunity to grow any business. Sales funnel strategist Michelle Caruana will let you in behind the scenes of the campaigns and launches her team is working on while highlighting what's working and what's not to attract an audience and convert them into customers and raving fans so you can achieve your own envy-worthy brand. So as I mentioned in the introduction, today I want to give you an inside look into how we made a small tweak to an existing funnel for an online course that was already up and running that not only makes thousands of dollars each month on the front end with no ads, but has also drastically increased our conversion rate into our higher price program. And just to clarify, we did do a webinar in January that we ran ads for, but that was it. No ads directly to the funnel that I'm going to describe. And one more clarification point, when I say the front end of your funnel, I mean the first time people are opting into one of your lead magnets or freebies or engaging with your content. Also, before we get into the end result and the transformation from zero to $7,000 months, some background information is definitely in order. And first, I want to get really clear about what the concept of the tweak is so we can all be on the same page as we go through this case study. So the idea of adding the slow priced offer to a funnel, like I said, is often referred to as a tripwire. A tripwire can be defined as an irresistible, low-priced offer that's main purpose is to convert a member of your audience into a customer. This small offer helps accelerate that buyer's journey by letting them dip their toes in without having to commit to a big purchase or a contract or anything like that. The reason why this is becoming so important in digital marketing and why we are adding them to, them to almost all course funnel projects these days, and actually all business funnel projects these days, is because the online education world has become incredibly crowded in the last few years, as has 
e-commerce and all the, all those different industries. It's hard to scroll through any social media platform without coming across experts, coaches, educators, gurus, you name it. Technology has made it easier than ever for people to not only claim they're an expert in a topic, but also to create digital information products and sell them online. I mean, if you think about it, you can sign up for Kajabi or Thinkific or Teachable and get an online course up and running. It doesn't have to be a quality one, but within a couple weeks. This is great news because it means you have endless opportunities available to you in terms of serving clients online, whether it be through products or services. However, it also means these opportunities are also available to people who may not have the best intentions or have the right expertise or experience to back up their products. This low barrier to entry in any online industry has actually made it harder and more expensive than ever to acquire new customers. And though it can absolutely still be done, there's just so much more noise out there. A great way to cut through all of that noise and nonsense is to have that irresistible, no-brainer priced offer available so that your leads can get a chance to experience your paid content, learn your style, and decide if they can trust you or your brand before they make a major investment. And I just want to say here that you don't have to be selling a $2,000 program or product to need a tripwire. The offer I'm going to be talking about in today's episode was selling for $4.97 when we added the tripwire, but... We have also previously utilized this strategy for products anywhere from $27 to $10,000. Some tweaks will, of course, have to be made depending on the final destination you want your customers to end up in, but the concept remains the same. I also want to clarify that although this case study focuses on an online course, again, just to reiterate, the concept of getting customers in the door with a low-priced offer can be applied to any business. So just two quick examples. Number one, for our brick-and-mortar indoor playground business, we do a trial week membership where customers can try out our unlimited membership and its perks without locking into a contract. Adding this has definitely impacted our membership numbers for the better because people love to try before they buy. The second example is if you listen to episode number two, our e-commerce clients offering an introductory lower-priced product at a discount so that customers can test out the brand and the quality of the product before moving on to more expensive premium items in the line. So now that you have a glimpse into what's coming at the end of the show, now I wanna walk you through the entire funnel process so this entire success story makes sense to you and you can easily replicate it. If you have listened to previous episodes, you know that I own and operate an indoor playground business and I've done so for the last three or so years. It was about a year ago that I was noticing my inbox was getting inundated with information requests and people hoping to pick my brain. (laughs) And they all had the same questions. I learned, though, from Dean Graziosi that if you get asked the same question more than three times, you should be creating a product or a piece of free content around that question. So I decided to create Play Cafe Academy and also a blog and YouTube channel. But Play Cafe Academy is a paid online video course that gives Play Cafe hopefuls everything they need, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to set their business up for success and profitability, and it's based on my own experience. Since this is such a niche topic, and if you listen to episode one, you'll remember that I did keyword research and the related phrases to opening an indoor playground were only getting 50 to at most a few thousand searches per month, so I didn't really expect it to take off. 
my main motivation was that we were working with a ton of course creators as clients. And in the ever-changing world of digital marketing, I wanted a course that I could use as sort of a sandbox where I could test out all the new strategies and tactics and platforms on without having to risk a client's money or trust. This has been extremely valuable to us as a consulting organization because it allows us to see course launches and the entire sales process from both sides of the table, both as creators and marketers. We understand how powerful the desire to help others can be and also how frustrating it can be to have underperforming launches or campaigns that flop. So now we allow Play Cafe Academy to be the guinea pig for all our crazy ideas and it's brought us both successes and some failures, but most importantly, it's accelerated our client successes and the success of the members inside Digital Brand Envy, our membership. So taking it all the way back to episode one, I want to also quickly give you the breakdown of the five-step process we used for this course so I can then better explain how a few simple tweaks changed the game for this particular funnel. If you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and listen, and this will make a whole lot more sense since we walk through each of these five steps and the concepts that we use anytime we are launching a new business, course, or product for ourselves or clients. Okay, so step number one is defining our ICA or ideal customer avatar. I gave a few different options of going about this in that first episode, but for me, I chose a past version of myself to be the ICA of this product, though I'm going to call her Melissa instead of Michelle to avoid any confusion. So Melissa is 30, has two toddlers at home, and is a full-time working mom and works as a real estate agent. She's business savvy and entrepreneurial minded, but she's feeling torn in her career because she wants more time and financial freedom for her family and to not be tied to a desk or the road all the time. She's married, college educated, and a homeowner, and she's financially responsible and realistic, and she's a budgeting master. Now, to reiterate, this is not meant to stereotype or assert that someone who falls outside this ICA could not successfully open an indoor playground, but I have definitely found the people who are ready and willing to invest in my program that will get them to the finish line and really set their business up for success without reinventing the wheel to closely fit this ICA. One of the most common emails I get is, yes, I'm going to open this business model, but your program is too expensive and I'm on a tight budget. Someone with that mindset will just never be someone that I will spend time or energy on because that mindset will carry them through to their business and will continue to hold them back throughout. The average small footprint indoor playground like mine costs about $200,000 to open. And if someone can't allocate just 2% of that budget to learning from someone that has been through it all, um, all the hoops and obstacles, and is willing to hold their hand along the way, then I can't and don't want to work with them. However, I've had this program long enough now where I'm now seeing those people who emailed me that come back to me months after passing on my program and they're underwater and are desperate for help because their business is sucking money and time from their family instead of providing it. But by then it's almost always too late. All right, <laughs> I'm getting off my soapbox now. I just always get a lot of pushback about that ICA, so I wanted to take a minute to clarify why I chose it and why it works for this particular program. All right, moving on to step two. Step number two in this process is deciding on a content creation plan. 
what our process looks like for Play Cafe Academy is I create a weekly YouTube video that I script out beforehand and Nathan uploads it onto YouTube and does the fancy thumbnail and description and tagging and all that good stuff. I then hand the script over to our director of content, Olivia, who helps me turn it into a blog. I also then embed the YouTube video into the blog post and also cut smaller clips of the video to use for teasing the full piece of content on social media. We then share all of this on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and even LinkedIn. We do this every single week, and if you're wondering how we decide on new content every week and what we're going to create, check out episode one where we discuss keyword research. But this has worked really well for us, and now five months in, we five months since we put this plan into place, we have not missed a single week, and leads are flowing into our business organically with no ads. And don't worry if you're in an industry that seems saturated because consistency is king here. So many people start a blog or a YouTube channel only to realize how much work it is and fall off. So just use the keyword research strategy from episode one and stick to your plan and people will start finding you. Even with a very niche topic that only gets about 1,000 um, searches per month for most search phrases, we are able to get around 20 leads per day completely organically no ads or paid traffic at all. So how are we getting these leads? And by leads, I mean email addresses. So people opting in and giving us their information. So we're going to discuss it now in step three. So step number three is creating a lead magnet. If you're not familiar with the term lead magnet, it's just a piece of free content that is gated, meaning someone needs to enter their email address to receive it and you deliver it via an automated email or message. So it could be a checklist, it could be an ebook, anything that's free, but someone has to provide you their email address in order to receive it. For Play Cafe Academy, we have a 44 page ebook with some advice and steps to get started on the business ownership process, which we knew from keyword research is exactly what our potential customers wanted and were searching for. We include in the ebook tips to get started, things to look for in a lease, and some ideas for designing an indoor playground space. If you recall from episode one, as a rule of thumb, this lead magnet content should be able to be consumed and implemented or digested within an hour. You don't want to overwhelm your audience with way too much information at once, because if you do, you risk them feeling totally satisfied and not needing to come back to you for a while or upgrade to your paid content. So honestly, normally 44 pages, I would say is way too long for a lead magnet, but it actually works in this case because there are a lot of pictures and diagrams. So 44 pages actually goes by really fast and you can probably consume it in just about an hour. Now, many people like you'll see us do on this podcast will create a lead magnet for every single video or podcast or blog they create, especially if they speak on different topics or to different ideal customer avatars. However, for Play Cafe Academy, one really high quality lead magnet like that ebook works well because again, it's such a niche topic. Plus, it's converting really well, so we don't need to spend time creating more opt-ins and more content if it seems like we're already delivering the value customers want. We'll get into those exact numbers and how we know that we're delivering what they want later in the episode. All right, moving on to step number four. Step number four is creating a nurture email sequence for leads to go through after they opt into your lead magnet. We've been working extremely hard these last few months to make it so that when somebody opts into our ebook lead magnet, which we post on our YouTube channel and blog, they hear from us every week for five months. 
every week when we add a new piece of content, like a blog or YouTube video, we will add a new email giving some nuggets from the content so anyone reading gets value and also shares a link to that piece of content. Because even if somebody finds you on YouTube and opts in or reads your blog, they're not refreshing the page waiting for a new piece of content to come out. So it's best to email it out and let them know that you have some new free information out there. So if you do the math, we're now up to about 20 pure value emails after someone opts in and we're adding more every week. So again, these are just, here's some tips, here's some value and we're helping customers and we're nurturing them and we're really establishing that know, like, and trust factor. So we're asserting ourselves as the authority and they're beginning to look to us or me rather as their go-to source for indoor playground business information. So Mixed in with those value emails are a few check-in emails where I ask leads how the information has been and what else they're feeling stuck with or what they're wondering about. And because we lead with value and give a lot and a lot before we ever ask for anything in return, when we ask for feedback, people are appreciative and ready and willing to respond. I get three or four really thoughtful replies a day, and I love all the inspiration for new topics, not to mention that it starts a conversation with these customers, and I can follow up with them and continue developing that know, like, and trust relationship. The course Play Cafe Academy is generally on evergreen, meaning we don't do launches where the doors to the program open and close. People can register at any time and at any point inside the funnel. We don't do the scarcity thing. Evergreen doesn't work for every type of offer, but it certainly does in this scenario. We did try it both ways. Remember I mentioned in January we did a webinar launch? Yeah, this Evergreen is working a lot better and it's a lot less effort day to day. These value emails from step number four are generally enough to get people to buy the full $500 program. I always add a PS in the emails with a call to action reminding people that I do have a paid program and it's a way for them to accelerate their success and education as a prospective owner. A few times a year, we will also do a sort of flash sale where we don't necessarily lower the price, though we have once or twice, but we instead offer some really valuable bonuses for a limited time for those who opt in during that period, like bonus lessons or bonus PDFs, case studies or swipe files or group coaching calls. All right, so speaking of the actual program, let's move on to the final step, step number five. Step number five is creating your offer or program. So when I started publishing blogs and collecting and nurturing leads, I didn't have a course. I used all the replies and feedback I was getting and looked at the results of my videos and blogs and put together a step-by-step -step program that would dive way deeper than my blogs and videos and really give people the blueprint they needed to open a successful, keyword successful, indoor playground business. Okay, whew, those were the five steps we went through to get the program off the ground without ads. So this worked well right away because don't forget, we had been helping course creators get their product out into the world and transforming the lives of their students for years. So don't feel bad if you've already tried a few things that didn't work. The key here is creating consistent, valuable, unique content and to encourage as much engagement with your email list as possible. I get a lot of the same questions, so I have about a dozen reply templates in my Google Drive that help me to answer the dozen or so emails I get per day really efficiently. So if you're not going to shell out money on retargeting or warm up ads on Facebook or 
you know, Google, YouTube, anything like that, you better be willing to engage with your customers in some way. And reply, encouraging replies to your emails and then actually replying to them is a great low-cost way. If you want to be even more efficient, you can delegate these replies to a team member or a VA once you have your templates together. But again, the key here is to develop relationships and foster know, like, and trust with your audience because they will be much more likely to convert to your offer, your paid offer, if they have already learned from your free content, seen results, and developed a connection with your teaching style. All right, so now that you have an idea of how the original funnel was set up, let's talk about the small tweak we made that made a dramatic impact. I was noticing that my content was very well received and I was getting opt-ins like crazy and people were really engaged with my emails, but very few people were actually converting to my paid program. I surveyed my list and I asked for some feedback and I got a ton of answers, but here are some recurring ones. Number one. I have never invested in online education and I am wary of what I will get. Number two, I'm still not sure if opening an indoor playground is a good fit for me. And finally, my favorite answer that I got a lot. Number three, I can figure this all out myself. So these answers told me a few different things. The first is that I would really have to earn my audience's trust because let's face it, making investments in something totally foreign to you is scary. I remember my first real online course purchase in 2016. It was a $247 Facebook ads course, and I honestly sat on the decision for six months, paralyzed with fear because of all the unknowns. However, I ended up making my investment back tenfold. Since then, I have spent tens of thousands of dollars in online training because I know that I take action on the knowledge that I get from the programs, and I trust myself to know a solid program when I see it. I also trust myself to follow through because honestly, even the most valuable program in the world is completely useless if you don't actually implement the teachings, right? The next thing I learned was that people were feeling stuck. $500 is a lot of money to spend if you're not even sure you're cut out to be a brick and mortar business owner. So if I could just give them a really solid overview of what they could expect without giving them all the content, it may help convince them to either tape take the leap, or decide that it's not a good fit for them. Either way, my list was on the fence and they needed a little push in the right direction, whichever that direction might have been. The last thing I learned is that we entrepreneurs are a cocky bunch. I will never forget the first email I wrote as a prospective owner to an existing owner way back in 2015. I cringe thinking about this, but basically I was asking for some free advice and her reply was basically that it was more likely for someone to climb Mount Everest in flip-flops than to run a profitable indoor play space. She was in the process of closing at the time, which I didn't know at the time. I wouldn't have reached out to her had I known. In her 3,000 word email response, she listed all of the reasons why she was closing and the only thing that I took away from a 3,000 word email response full of advice was that she obviously just didn't know what she was doing, which again, so cringeworthy. So much of what she struggled with just felt obvious to me. I mean, I went to business school. I was smart. I've always been an entrepreneur, so I couldn't understand why she couldn't see what I saw. I was so smug after reading that email thinking, well, I can do a much better job than this woman. 
And again, I cringe looking back because so much of what she had warned me about turned out to be true. I mean, I honestly should have taken her words as a crystal ball looking into the future. Luckily, I did end up figuring it all out, but it took me blood, sweat, and many, many tears, plus two years of time of nearly running everything into the ground. So anyway, the people that assume they know everything or can figure it out along the way need an awakening, if you will, like I did. They need just enough information to make them realize, holy crap, a mentor would be so extremely valuable to me in this process. So after learning these three things and doing a little self-reflection, I decided to add a low-priced offer to the funnel, again, sometimes referred to in marketing as a tripwire. And again, if you remember from the beginning of the episode, we defined a tripwire as an irresistible, low-priced offer that's main purpose is to convert a member of your audience into a customer. This small offer helps accelerate the buyer's journey by letting them dip their toes in without having to make a huge purchase, which now that you have the entire backstory of the funnel, you know makes perfect sense, but it's one of those things you just don't know until you know. So I decided to take the business plan that I had spent months writing when I opened and I really perfected it. So I stripped it of all the really specific information I had added about my space and our location and I made a template out of it. I also recorded a 70-minute walkthrough video training for anyone who purchased the plan. So I made this offer $27 after doing some research into price points and what people would be willing to pay. Honestly, it is such a thorough document and training, I could probably sell it for quite a bit more, but the whole point of this low-priced offer is to get people to know me and trust my teaching style and to see that my content was organized, valuable, and actionable. So I really wanted to blow them away with that price point. So now when people opt into my ebook, they get redirected to a one-time offer to purchase this plan and training bundle for $27. I'll link to that opt-in page in the show notes so you can see it and check it out and you can funnel hack me a little because you'll get five months worth of emails. (laughs) If they purchased the $27 offer, great, but either way, they are now a lead in our system. If they do purchase it, they go into one value sequence, providing them some supplemental value and information about the full course. If they don't purchase it, I give them a few more chances via email to grab the bundle and then I move them into another value sequence because even if they say no to the low-priced offer or course, they may decide at some point it's right for them. So I always want to be nurturing them and staying top of mind. So before I break down the sales and numbers, I want to describe some of the things we monitor and tweak in this funnel on a consistent basis. Even though this funnel is technically evergreen, meaning it's kind of set it and forget it, it's not realistic to expect to make four, five, or even six figures a month from a program without doing any sort of work or monitoring. So here are nine things that we're always looking at and taking action on. There are a few I didn't include, like updating keyword research or monitoring our Google search ranking because we do those less frequently. These nine things, though, we have someone's eyes on weekly. Number one, email open and click rate. So if we're getting low email open rates, we know that we might need to tweak the subject line. So in that value email sequence, our open rate is generally between 60 and 70%, which is really good. 
There were a couple of stragglers, though, in the sequence that had lower open rates, like 40%, some as low as 25%. And to me, the content was just too valuable to let that slide. So I made some tweaks to the sub subject lines, and they ended up going right back up to you know, the 50 60% open rate, which is well above industry standard. Number two, blog traffic numbers and sources. So I want to know how many people are reading my blogs and where they're coming from. So that helps me prioritize how we're sharing content, and it makes me know when I need to update keyword research if not a lot of people are finding our blog. Number three, Pinterest views per month and opt-ins per month. So we get about 40,000 Pinterest views per month on our pins, but that doesn't necessarily mean 40,000 website viewers per month. In fact, Pinterest has the lowest opt-in percentage rate of all platforms for us because people browsing on Pinterest are just kind of browsing. They're not really committed to buying something or you know, going off of Pinterest to another website to give their email address. So we do get a ton of traffic from Pinterest, but not a whole lot of opt-ins. So we always work on optimizing our pins and our strategies and getting on group, group boards to expand our reach there, but that's just something that we keep an eye on to make sure that our strategy is up to date. Number four, YouTube watch time and watch percentage per video. So I always look at minutes watched and I also look at watch percent per video because that tells me how engaging the content is, how eye appealing it is, and how valuable it is. So if people are only watching 5% of a video, I know I probably didn't draw their interest or maybe the title or description wasn't good enough or maybe it's just a topic they weren't interested in. So I actually get very good percentage watch per video. I think it's over 80% now and my videos are around 15 minutes long. So pretty long for a YouTube video. And so I look at that to make sure that I'm not slacking and that the videos that I'm making are things that people are interested in because it takes a lot of time to put those videos together. So anyways, number five, landing page conversion rate. So landing page conversion rate means when somebody lands on their on my ebook opt-in page, so we're asking for their email address to provide them with the ebook, how what percentage of those people are actually opting in and putting their email address in and hitting submit. And that just tells us how optimized the page is, how clear it is how the messaging is, because if that conversion rate is really low, for us it's in the 60s, which is really, really good, but if it were a lot lower than that, it would tell us that the page is probably unclear or the messaging's off or people don't really get how to enter their information or it's buggy. We just like to keep an eye on that. Number six, tripwire conversion rate. So after people opt into the ebook, what percentage of people are purchasing that $27 low-priced offer? And again, if this is low, we work on the messaging, design, things like that. Number seven, paid course conversion rate. So how many people, after purchasing that $27 tripwire, are actually moving on to the paid $500 course? And if that's low, then we probably need to work on the email nurture rate or start retargeting them with ads, things like that. Number eight, course completion rate. So this one is not looked at enough by many course creators, but if people are purchasing your course and not finishing it or not taking it, it really speaks to the quality of your content, what price point you should be charging, and if you're going to be able to get any testimonials out of your current students. So we just like to always tweak that and ask our students how it's going and put surveys in the course because a low course completion rate is 
going to lead to some success because obviously you're getting students in the door, but the key to a successful course is getting success for your students. So if you're not getting success for your students because they can't finish your program, it's not a long-term funnel that's going to be successful. So that's something that we keep a really close eye on. Number nine, course survey scores. So as I mentioned, we add surveys to the end of each module of our course, just checking in, asking people how it's going, how they're finding the content, you know, what's missing, what might have been buggy, what downloads we're missing, things like that. Because again, our, our entire point of, you know, online education is to transform the lives of our students and to get them success and to get it for them quickly. So if we're not doing that, then that's not a good long-term strategy and it's not going to be a successful program. So those are the nine things that we monitor all the time to make sure that our funnel is not only up and running well right now and converting well, but that it's poised for long-term success. All right, finally, so let's get into the numbers. And I just want to mention that if you want to take this strategy to the next level, we really get into the trenches with our students inside Digital Brand Envy and help them recreate this for themselves with more in-depth case studies. So check out the show notes or go to digitalbrandenvy.com for more information because this is exactly what we're doing all of June. And if you're finding this episode at a later date, don't worry. If you join Digital Brand Envy now, you will have access to all past content. So you didn't miss out. All right. So like I was saying earlier, we were getting a bunch of email opt-ins per day before the business plan was added, about 15, but no one was converting even after webinars, value emails, you name it, into the paid program. Right now, we're holding pretty steady at 20 leads per day into the top of our funnel, again, totally organically right now. When I wrote episode one of the Digital Brand Envy podcast, our conversion rate to the tripwire was a little higher than it is now since we weren't getting quite as many leads per day because naturally when you turn up the volume on your funnel and start branching out in your content creation process, which I've been doing the last few weeks covering some different topics, your conversion rate can take a little bit of a hit and it's up to you to go through those nine steps I gave you to recover it. And that's honestly what we're focused on now, just being totally transparent with you. And just super quickly to reiterate, the only work we do on a consistent basis on this funnel is that monitoring and one blog and one YouTube video per week. We do post a little bit on Facebook and Instagram, but maybe just once a week. All right, so right now we're getting 35 page views to the ebook opt-in page per day organically, and we're getting 20 leads a day. That's pushing a 60% conversion rate, which again is outstanding since last I checked, the industry average was well under 10% for cold traffic. But again, this is the great thing about providing value and content marketing. For those 20 leads, we sell about four business plans per day. That's a 20% conversion rate from the lead magnet, either right to the tripwire page or from the email sequence. So as I mentioned, people can either when they get redirected after opting into the ebook, they can purchase the tripwire, but we also give them a few chances via email if they pass on it to go back and grab it. So regardless of how they arrive, we sell four business plans on average per day. That's $108 on the front end of our funnel before we even get to the real paid program, which sometimes can cover ad spend in a really smart way. But in this case, since we're all organic, it's just cash in the bank every single day. 
If you do the math, this generates a little over $3,200 per month for us. And remember, this was just a document that was sitting on my computer that I just had to spend a few hours polishing and recording the training for. And, you know, of course, doing the sequence and the opt-in page and the sales page and all that stuff. But anyways, it was just sitting on my computer and it's made us thousands and thousands of dollars. So ask yourself, is there something valuable on your computer that you're just sitting on? I want to challenge you before we move on to brainstorm on this and make sure you're not holding on to something because you're scared of providing too much value for a low price. That is a scarcity mindset that will not serve you and your business, but <laughs> that's another topic for another time and probably another podcast. So moving on. Right now, we can count on selling two to three full courses per week at $497. So that's about a 10 or 11% conversion rate from the $27 offer and adds an extra, we'll say conservatively, if we sell two per week, $4,000 a month in fairly passive income. Yes, like I said, there's new content to create and students to take care of and tweaks to make, but we honestly spend just a few short hours per week on all of those tasks that I mentioned. And if you do the math, we're bringing in over $7,000 per month with no ads, no affiliates, no influencer marketing, just content and building relationships. So essentially surveying our customers, listening to feedback, and implementing the small tweaks of adding that tripwire brought us from $0 to over $7,000 monthly. And it was, again, because we were giving people what they needed and what they were searching for. Oh, and if anyone is curious, we host our courses on Thinkific and have for years, couldn't be happier. We use ClickFunnels for our landing page and sales page, and we love ActiveCampaign for email marketing because it is so robust and customizable. I'm going to put our affiliate links in the show notes, so if you end up enrolling, let me know. Just DM me on Instagram or email me and say you got the link from the podcast, and I will send you the full case study from this episode that normally only goes to our Digital Brand Envy members. And if you want in on our membership and get access to everything, head to digitalbrandenvy.com. Again, links in the show notes. All right, so thanks for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found some value in the numbers and listening to our journey. So if you found this valuable and you like the podcast, don't forget to listen to the other episodes, and please leave us a review on iTunes if you enjoyed it. We are going to start giving listeners shout-outs, and I'd love to say thank you on our next episode to you. So thank you again for tuning in. I am Michelle Caruana. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Michelle Caruana. I would love to meet you. Have a great day.